Come on. It is great to partner with people like that all over the world. And thank you for your faithfulness, thankful in giving and being a part. It cannot happen without a church of people who come together and say, we're going to sacrifice, we're going to give, we're going to go, we're going to pray, we're going to believe that God is on the move. And we have right now right at 80 missionaries and mission organizations that once again, happened because of your faithfulness. So thank you for giving. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for just coming and pouring into what God has for you here. Last week, we had uh, Ty Buckingham with us, and he gave a great uh, just word from the Lord on giving and, and on generosity and on that. And I want to encourage you, if you were not here, it was one of the best uh, messages on that discipleship principle of tithing and of giving. And I would encourage you just to go back, check that out, Facebook, podcast, YouTube, wherever you would find that. Uh, go check that out. I also want to be able to be sure that we are all on the same page. We talk about the Church Center app often. Who has heard Church Center app, Radiant.Family, right? Like all the time, like at nauseum probably, like I said it again, said it again, right? Because it is the best way for us to stay connected in various, very many ways, whether it be events, whether it be what you are doing in serving and teams, whether it be the groups that you're a part of, uh, the calendar, our church directory that is there. And in fact, if you're not in the church directory, you need to allow us to put you in there so that you can be in there so people can be able to connect easier, as well as giving. And my favorite, I know for Rachel and myself, is recurring giving, which means every Monday morning our check comes out because we want to be faithful in giving and be a part. So what I want to do is take just two minutes and I want to walk you through Church Center, what it looks like, how you do it. You can get the Church Center app at any app store. Just type in Church Center app and you can pull it up, download it. I encourage you to do that. But on the screen, we are going to have a little bit of a walkthrough of what the Church Center app looks like. There it is, Church Center. You can jump in there if you're signing up for the first time. You find Radiant Life Church. If you're here, it'll just be there. If not, you type it in at the top. It'll come up. You click on it. Super easy. This is my church, Radiant Life Church in Dublin. You click right there. You will put in your phone number. Uh, once you put in your phone number, it will send you a little number to put in to be sure that it's you to verify. And it will connect you to your church app or to your giving statement to all of that so everything will be united. You'll log in. In this case, Rachel, my wife, who put this together. You log in. It has our welcome screen in the bottom. You can see me is the bottom left corner. Uh, it's right there. You can have that. You can see all the things you're a part of. The next tab, upcoming events. You can see all of the events that are taking place. This is what we give our announcements off of right there in the Church Center app or Radiant.Family. Our prayer and care tab. We want to pray with you. We want to know what's going on in your life. You can fill that out for yourself, for somebody else. The next tab over is the giving tab. Uh, and then the more tab, which has uh, other elements and groups and other parts of who you are. Uh, the calendar is right there so you can know everything that happens. If we know it's on this calendar because it's our calendar, it's what we work with. The directory where you can see all the people who have given permission to be on there. We don't put you in there unless you say that you're allowed to be in there and you can pick even which uh, information and stuff you want to be a part of that. So that's the Church Center app. The giving portion of it is super simple. If you say, I want to give online, uh, many people that is so easy. You put your numbers in, 25 in this case. You pick which department, tithe offering, missions are two main adult uh, areas to give in. You can pick whether that's one time or whether it's weekly, every other week, uh, monthly, you can pick that. You connect your bank, which is an important part. If you would be willing to, if you give through your bank, it costs 30 cents per gift. 
If you give through credit card, which you can do, no problem, it costs dollars at least each time and even a percentage. It can cost $10 on a, a larger or even more on a larger gift. So you can connect your bank, push start giving, and it's that simple. We obviously went through there fast because we're about to bring the word this morning. But if you say, I do not have the Church Center app and you're a part of this church, I would encourage you, please get this app. It will change your experience of the connecting to the back end, to calendars, to events, to what's going on. And if you say, hey, I know how to use phones and that's like my jam, uh, you know, I'd say if you don't, maybe you should talk to somebody like under 20 or a teenager, maybe a 12-year-old, they'll help you out. Somehow that's just how it goes, isn't it? It's amazing. If you say, I am not that person, would you come and find one of our team out at the New Here table, one of our pastoral team members? Would you find one of us? We can get you connected where all you have to do is go on your phone, push one of the app buttons, boom, it'll be right there, and you can stay up to date with what is happening here at Radiant Life Church. And I believe you will be blessed, and we'll be blessed because we want you to know. We want you to be informed. We want to be connected and united together as a church family. So thank you for giving. Thank you for being a part. Be sure you have the Church Center app so you can always know what is coming, what is happening, what's up next. And it makes it really easy, men, to sign up for that men's breakfast, right? Really easy, because you just click on the app, go to radiant.family, that works as well. Events, plug it in, register. And most events that we have our registration events where you can go on, sign up, let us know. And it just helps us know who's thinking of coming so we can be prepared and ready for you. And so thank you for being a part of that. Once again, if you need any help with that, please just come ask us. That is not a problem. Uh, I, Pastor Brian's not in here, I don't believe. He was in here first service. He's running around, but he was right up here. I said, any of the staff in the first service, any of the staff you can see, Maybe besides Pastor Brian, because I don't know if he can help you out. Electronics are not his thing. But he'll get you to who you need to get to. And so if you're like Pastor Brian, come find one of us and we'll make it happen. He's becoming a pro day by day at all of this electronic stuff. And we may not be pros, but we can accomplish just enough to make it work, right? And so some of us, that is our goal, is just to make it. But I am thankful for what God has done, thankful for getting to be a part, and once again, thank you for your faithfulness in giving and tithing and going above and beyond in missions, giving, and our every nation, every soul offerings, and just pouring out to the nations of the world. Well, this morning, we are going to look at and continue the thought a couple weeks ago of our altar of revival service and talking about a life of revival talking about what it is and what it looks like and what it means to make our life and to put altars everywhere we go in our life. I want you to hear this. I think you hear this often, but if church and your walk with God and your altar experience only happens at one of these wood altars at Radiant Life Church and the rest of your week and your life, you don't think about God or you don't think about getting in an altar at a place with Jesus, you are doing this whole Christian thing entirely wrong. In fact, I would say that's probably on the religious side, and we don't want to be that. We want to be Jesus and relationship and the power of God. And so today we're going to talk about pursuing and passing on the altar, Jesus, in our home. Because every one of us in this place, whether you have kids at home or you had kids or there's kids around or you come to Radiant Life Church, there's kids all over the place. We have people that we need to pour the presence of God in. And I want to speak something today that the power of God, that he moves at a church, but the power of God is not for church. The power of God is not for Sunday morning. 
The power of God is not for when we get together and we have enough people that it feels good or that there's some special thing or some special moment or some. That's not what the power of God is about or for. The power of God is to walk with you. Holy Spirit will move with you. He'll be in your life. He'll be a part of what you do. And so when we regulate God to one hour or an hour and a half, or maybe, maybe somehow you come to both services and Wednesday night and you get up near five hours of church a week, that's not enough of Jesus. Because we need Jesus every moment of every day, everything we do, and every part of who we are. And so when we think about the home, it's so important to think, is God the Lord of my home? Is my home a place where he would feel comfortable to come? Or is my home kind of my own thing and I leave God at the door? I try to leave everything at the door. What is my home? What does my home look like? This morning, May uh, Flood came up and just mentioned that her granddaughter, Haley, who's eight years old, she recently had a dream, and she had this dream of heaven and of different elements of, of heaven and some things that I don't know if they work out theology, theologically perfect or not, but she saw, G, or she saw angels and she saw different animals and different parts. It was awesome, right, May? It was like, come on. And I want my house to be the kind of house where I have my children and they're experiencing Jesus even while they sleep because they're thinking of the power of God. And a dream is pulling them closer to Jesus. And we're learning and we're growing because that's what my house is. is a place, it's an altar, the place of God. And this morning we're going to look at this thought of what happens and how can we see the power of God passed on and First, we're going to do it by maybe jumping on the other side. Joshua, he was a great leader. He followed Moses, who brought the people of Israel out uh, of Egypt and brought them into the promised land or right to the edge of. And then Joshua got the mantle of leadership and brought them into the promised land. Joshua was a great man of faith when everybody else said no. It was only Joshua and Caleb who said, we can take the land. It was only them who said, we can do it, and all the other men Old Testament, they were not allowed to go into the promised land, but Joshua and Caleb were allowed because they stood true to who God was. And when it was getting towards the end of Joshua's life and right at the end of Joshua, the book in the Bible, we see Joshua come before the people. And we're going to read chapter 24, uh, 15 through 18 this morning. And he's challenging the people. He says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve it's a choice church whether the gods of your father or your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the amorites in whose land you dwell but as for me and my house we will serve the lord verse 16 then the people answered far be it from us that we should forsake the lord to serve other gods for it is the lord our god who brought us and our fathers up from the land of egypt out of the house of slavery and who served us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed and the lord drove out before us all the peoples the amorites who lived in the land therefore we also will serve the lord for he is our god Right, church? I pray that that's where we are. We will serve the Lord. We don't care what other people do, what other people say. We have seen the goodness of God. We've seen the testimony of God. And we pro will proclaim the goodness of God to the world around us, no matter what may come. But the problem is, if you are in your word and you jump forward two pages in my book, 
you, in my Bible, you jump forward to Judges chapter 2, something happens that is terrifying, I think, as a, a parent, as a church, as a pastor, as a leader. In Judges chapter 2, verse 6, it says, When Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years. And they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in Timnatheres, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. And all the generation, also, and all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And when I look in my Bible, we're literally talking this many pages, two pages. This much. It goes from we will serve the Lord. It says Joshua, the leader, we're going to do it. The people saying we will. We'll get rid of the junk in our life. We will serve the Lord. To that generation died. The leaders died. Joshua died. And they did not know who the Lord was. In the Bible, two pages. Within two generations, they were done. God was no longer of any importance to the people, to what they did, to who they were. And what happened? How could this possibly be that this is where they would be? And let me tell you, I believe it's called an altar gap. From where they went to serve the Lord and having an altar in their home where they served the Lord on a daily basis. They went from a place where they were out at the tent of meeting. They followed the presence of God. They had for years and years, they had seen a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. They saw the presence of God right before them. They were there and in fact their whole entire lives circled the camp. It circled the altar. It circled the presence of God. That's what mattered above anything else. And then in those verses we just read in verse 6 of Judges 2, it says, each went to his inheritance to take possession of the land. They left Jesus, or the, the God being their center. They left the power of God. They left the tent of meeting. And they went to their lands, the possessions, even the good things that God gave them. It wasn't sin to go take what God gave them. That's what they were supposed to do. But there was a gap between the altar and their homes and an altar and their lives. And because of that, just a generation or two down the road, it says they no longer knew him. And my fear is not even generation to generation, although that's where it would go. But I fear a gap between this altar, which is just a piece of wood, but a church altar where we think of as an altar and my house your house. Is our house a place where the presence of God can dwell and where we have an altar and we spend time with him and the goodness of God is poured forth? Or do I come to do that and then I go home and I go to work and I do the things in my life and I just do those things and they're fine? Is it one and then the other or is our life a place where the power of God rests and where we experience him consistently over and over and over again? In verse 15 of, of Joshua 24, it says, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. 
And it is easy to choose God at church at an altar. It's easy to say, Lord, I want salvation. I want relationship. I want to know you. That is not the difficult part of our walk with God. I just need a little bit of faith, a little bit of belief, and God welcomes. You're his son and daughter. It's so amazing how God is so kind and generous to us. But that's not where it ends. It says, are you going to trust those other things? Or are you going to trust God? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And today I want us to realize salvation is a free gift, but discipleship always costs you something. It's easy to come to church and have a moment with Jesus. It is hard to have a moment with Jesus when your car breaks down or when your job isn't going how you thought it was or you don't have what you need, you don't have the, uh, uh, whatever it is the Lord would have. There's something about the power of God for salvation and at an altar, but then we leave the altar and we leave God behind so easily. And if we are going to be the church that God has called us to be, we must stand in who he has for us to be and every single day choose today who we will serve. When I think about an altar, I think about an altar, it needs something to burn, right? Like you need something to put on that altar. But you know, a revival, I think it needs someone to consume. And when we think about the power of God, We think about an altar. You have to have something. I'm so thankful we're not burning goats and stuff like we did in the Old Testament. Like, praise God. I don't don't know how that would work. That would would be terrible. Jesus tore the veil. We get to go right into him. But a revival, God, Jesus, he's looking for you. He's looking to consume your life. Not a part or a piece, but where you literally put yourself on the altar and you let him burn your life, the things of your life, get rid of what should not be. See the power and the presence and the goodness of God poured out in your life. Church, it's something that takes discipline. It's something that takes continual moving towards him. It's something that takes, Lord, I'm not going to get away from your word, the truth of who you are. I'm not going to make prayer time even a good thing. And please come to prayer times Tuesday morning, this Saturday morning at nine o'clock, Wednesday nights or midweek. Come to prayer. It's important. But it's not about one or two or three times a week we come to pray together. It's a pattern of our life that we walk in the goodness of God. When I think about revival in the church, when I think about, Lord, we know that you're moving. We are seeing you move. We've seen you healed recently. Restore, make new, set free. We know this happens. Your word says it, and we get to see it. The word's enough, but we get to see it too. We're seeing the word happen. But church, I don't want to be somewhere where it happens here only. And in fact, if we want to get where God would have us to be, then we have to realize that this church, the Rad Fam, will be a reflection of every family it represents. The Rad Fam, what happens here is going to be a reflection of what happens at your home. It's going to be a reflection of what happens at your work. It's going to be a reflection of what happens when you're in entertainment, doing entertaining things, whatever that is. It's a reflection, which means when we come to the church together, if we come and we are in ready to let God move, ready to let him show up, guess what? There's no doubt God will move. He will show up. He's here already. He's just waiting on us. It's not like we're beckoning him to come. He's here. He's everywhere. He's right here. He's already won the victory on Calvary. He is prepared and ready to roll. But when we come and we're ready, some difference starts to happen. And what happens if at your house on Monday morning you have prayer time with your kids before school? And what happens if on Tuesday night you spend time in the Word 
And maybe your kids see you and they get to see you be a part of the word of God and make it everything in your life. What happens if on a Saturday morning you get up and say, hey, we're just going to take a few minutes and we're going to have a, a Bible study as a church family. What would happen if the word of God becomes the norm that your kids see or your family sees or someone around you sees? What happens when your house becomes an altar and you choose this day who you will serve? And it's no longer the other things and the other stuff. It's no longer all of the elements, but it's the power of God being poured out in your life over and over and over and over again. What happens, church, when we let the gap between the altar of where my church meets, there's no gap because I just take Jesus. He's with me. He's, he's got me. And the altar's wherever I go. What happens when our kids experience the power of God and not, not religion or something that is just spoken, but they experience Jesus because it's just normal. That's who we are. That's what you do. Not because a pastor or some leader leads you there, but because you lead your family there. You are there. What happens when your work that maybe right now is really difficult? What happens when it's no longer that, oh, I can't wait to get to Sunday because if I just make it to Sunday, I think I can make it another week. Sometimes we say things like that and mean good. And I hope that you come and you're encouraged and you're blessed. But what happens instead of having an attitude like, if I just make it, just one more, three more days I get to Sunday. What happens if we're like, Lord, right now, you're here. You're here, so do your work. What happens at your job when it's tough and you say, Lord, I need help because I don't like that person. And God gives you love for someone that you used to, hate's a strong word, but used to hate. What happens when the word of God becomes normal in your life because everywhere you go is an altar to the Lord. Everywhere you go, you're going to listen. Everywhere you go, you're going to say, today I choose to walk in you. Maybe another way is, what would happen when we take responsibility for how our home actively brings heaven to earth? What happens on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday that church is a huge part of our life, but it's just one little couple few hours in a week because God is moving and I'm letting the power of God show up in my house. When I think of having people in our home, there's nothing that makes me happier. When we have it full of people on whatever day, whatever hour, whatever time, because I want to see heaven come to earth and I don't think there's any better place to experience God than in my house. And I don't think there's any better place for you to experience God than in your house. And I don't think there's any better place for your friends to come to know Jesus than in your house where you experience God on a daily basis. I don't think there's any better place for, for prejudice in our lives to be removed than around your kitchen table where instead of putting people away, you start to say, who doesn't look like me or act like me? And I'm going to start bringing them to my table. And all of a sudden, I get a new understanding for people and culture and things I might not understand before. Because you don't have to understand it all. But are we open? What happens when we let the unity of God and the power of God show up because we take active responsibility that heaven will invade my house and my community and my church and everything I touch because I'm there? What happens? And I want to encourage us as a church that we will be like Joshua to Judges. We will be like those two pages unless our home is an altar to the Lord. And everywhere you go is your walk with Jesus. And when we come, church is the absolute best. When we come and we are ready to let the power of God just flow off of us. Because we've been walking in Him. And you know, it doesn't, 
actually matter if life has been really good that week or if life has been super difficult that week. Somehow, when we're walking actively in the presence of God, He helps us. He walks through us. And we don't want tragedy or things to go bad. We don't want cars to break down or we don't want problems. Nobody wants those things. But when my house is an altar to the Lord, it just doesn't hit quite the same way because God is with me. And I'm like, Lord, you have me in the good and you have me in the bad. And when I completely think that this is how I would do it, anybody like it when life goes that way? It's like, yeah, that, or when it's the opposite side. And guess what? God is smarter than I am. And he's smarter than you are. And so we don't have to understand why. Why this or why that. But when we are in one or the other and I'm walking in the Lord, I'm okay. Because I can trust the Lord. Talking about the children of Israel and right outside that door over there, my, our blue Jeep, my wife's Jeep more specifically. But it is sitting there and uh, it's really sad right now because the front tire is flat. So it's like tilted down. And I always pray, Lord, it would be amazing if like the children of Israel in their 40-year wanderings, you would just let the feet on their, the soles of their feet last the whole time. So to me, how about our vehicles? We just don't need new, or need new tires, right? Anybody, could you pray? Like that would be awesome. But you know what? When your car breaks down and your tires wear out and you have to pay for them, guess what? It's okay when we were walking with the Lord and maybe in more things that are more difficult. Things of people and relationships or loss or death. When I'm walking with the Lord, he gives me strength. He gives me power to keep going. He gives me power to overcome those things in my life. When I have family members that don't know the Lord or we're estranged or we don't know what to do. Lord, I give it to you and we get to watch him work the process because I don't know what to do. But when my home is an altar, it's not about waiting for that next thing or the next moment. But it's about right now, Jesus, would you help me? If it's in traffic, Lord, would you help me? When you just lose it for no good reason. I wish I could say that was never something that happened to me, but sometimes. It's like, Lord, what in the world is wrong with me? Then you can just say, Lord Jesus, take that. I don't know. Make me whole. I'm not going to live there. I'm going to move on. But Lord, I don't want to be that. Because it's just a pattern of my life. And I want us to hear today that the home is the primary place of our vision at this church, which is to change lives, develop leaders, and share the love of Jesus. Your home is the primary location that that happens. If we're waiting for a Sunday morning or a special event, we've completely missed what God wants to do because you are the church. We are called the church. We're Radiant Life Church, but you are the church. And when we come together, that is what the church is. We are, you are the church. So we must let the power of God flow from us, from our lives to the people around us. The greatest altar call you can give is one where you share Jesus at your table. When we begin to really let God be a part of everything, and I say my house, my table, my stuff, whatever it is, Lord, I lay it all down at your feet. When I think of the society that we live in, I think of right here in Dublin, Ohio, like there's a lot of nice houses and nice things and nice stuff. And I am thankful for the blessing of God. When I get to go to anywhere else in the world, I realize that every person in this church is so blessed from an economic standpoint. You may not feel it based on comparing with some other person down the road, but we are so blessed. We are so blessed. And I'm thankful for that. I think God is so good, he blesses us. But can I just throw this out there? 
if I have all the blessings of the Lord and I have all the toys in the world and I use them just because it's supposed to give me happiness and me joy and I like it and I feel better because I've got something they don't or you know, things we wouldn't necessarily say, but it, a lot of times it's actually what's there. When we let God show up and all of a sudden my house is used for the glory of God, my table is used as an altar. It's used for the glory of God. It's the place where someone comes to know him. It's the place where someone's discipled. It's the place where a lineup is changed. Then everything looks different. Could I go even farther? Maybe the toys that you have. Let's say, uh, let's say a boat. If you're the only one that ever gets on your boat, this is not necessarily quite the Bible, but that's probably sin in your life. It's probably an idol in your life. But if you take people on your boat and you go fishing with people and you share Jesus with people and you let people come to know him because of something that he's given you a passion for, then all of a sudden the blessings he has given you, you're using for his glory and you're using what he's offered you so someone else can experience him. And all of a sudden your boat isn't an idol, it's an altar. And you have some of your best moments with Jesus out on a boat because that's your thing. And you can fill in the blank what that is. Or you like hunting. If hunting is your God, it's no good. But if you go hunting and you experience Jesus in some tree stand or in some little hut and you're waiting on an animal and God's moving and you experience his power and maybe you take somebody with you and they're stuck with you, right? You might not be able to talk loud, but you're walking there, you're walking back. You share Jesus. Then the things of life are not idols, but they're altars because they're being used for his glory. And it's a part of everything I do. Then everything looks different. Third thing that we see is there's something about cleansing our homes. There's something about getting rid of the stuff in our lives. There's something about that is so incredibly important. In verse 14 of Joshua 24, Now for, therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Get rid of those things that are in your life. I mentioned a couple of things that could be idols. They also could be altars. They're not sin. It's just how we use them. What do we look at them? And I want to give a couple of questions this morning that you might be able to use. Not a list of things that would be an idol, but a list of a few questions to think about. Is something in my life an idol? What brings my home the most joy or the most sadness? If you think about your house, what brings the most joy? Does it have to do with God? Does it have to do with his kingdom? Does it have to do with the power of God? Does it have to do with maybe people coming and being able to let people be a part of what God has blessed you with and share him? Does it, or is it a TV? Or is it music that gives you some emotional feel? But that when you really look at it, that's not God. That's not his truth. That's not his faithfulness. And it could be anything. It could be a book, it could be an object, it could be a thing. And in our day, in our culture, we don't normally actually set up idols in our house. You go to other places in the world and they literally have idols on the street. They put idols in their home. They put little figurines. That's normally not what we do. But we're really good at putting things that we all congregate around and we all look at. Maybe TVs and computers and phones, things we can take with us. And they are not bad things, but if they become an idol, and if I no longer meet with God, and if all of a sudden what's on there is actually a, act, uh, against his word, 
fully against his word, what I see, what I put, what I partake in, with the, the spirit and the evil that we can get so easily. It's an idol. Get rid of that. Does that give you joy or does God give you joy? What do I spend most of my time discussing in my home? To ask you, are you talking about the goodness of God? Are you proclaiming who he is? Hey, I'm a, I'm a pretty big sports fan. I love NASCAR. I love football. My teams, I don't care about this, the, the teams left in the Super Bowl, whatever. But come next week, it's gonna be, or two weeks, it's going to be fun, right? Our Super Bowl night. But I love it. I could talk sports and talk these things. And right now I could talk about Ohio State's getting all these players and we're supposed to be great. I say, you know when we're going to be great till? We lose. And then they'll be the worst team in the world, right? That's how we are as sport fans. But is that what I talk about in my home only? I talk about sports. We watch sports, but is that what God is in my heart or in my house? Or is that something God has given we can bless and we have people over and we talk and we, we do all these things? Great. But have I made these things what I discuss in my home and God has never talked about? Discipleship's never talked about. How he's moving in our life don't seem to get there because I have stuff that is completely unimportant that I talk about. And it can be so easy in my own life. What, another one, what is the final say in decisions I make about my home? Is it what you think makes you feel good or what you just want to do or is it what God would have you do? I want to be someone that the power of God is what leads me and this is decisions are not because I want to do something or I want something or make me feel some way. But Lord, what do you have for me? And I'm going to make a decision based on your word, based on the truth of your word, based on the power of your word. I'm going to make a decision based on what the word of God says. And that's final. I don't care about the other stuff. If my heart needs to change, well, Lord, change my heart. Fourth, what do other people say my home feels like? And I want to encourage you. Could we have the best houses where people want to come? And you know what? Sometimes it's real practical. It's possible. That means I, oh man, I'm not very clean. Well, people don't want to come to a not clean house generally. So you might have to clean your house, right? I mean, just most people, that's just the way it is. But way more than cleanliness or that, or whether it's nice or whatever that word means or none of that. But what do people feel when they come in your house? Do they feel a place where they know that the power of God, they might even know, I don't know what to say yet, but they know something is different here. Do they want to come back to your house because it's peaceful? Do they want to come back to your house because they know that something is right? And your Christian friend should walk over and it's a place where you could talk about anything. You can talk about God because it's just normal. And in fact, I pray that every football game that's watched in my house leads to spiritual conversations or else it's a waste of time. I pray that everything that's not for discipleship. Well, my whole life is for discipleship. So it all becomes discipleship. It all is at an altar. It's all at a place. And as we head towards home this morning, I think a question that I would really have is, Lord, I want my house to be one where people are brought together that wouldn't maybe ever come together. And that's what they feel. If I only have people that look like me and talk like me and act like me, I'm probably missing it. If there's anything in our hearts that needs to be removed or needs to be set aside, the home is a great place to invite somebody over, to fix somebody a meal, to, to care for somebody. And before they do, be sure you've prayed and spent time with Jesus. Be sure your heart's right with him. And watch God change your heart. He does it at church, and he will, and he'll continue to. But 
Watch him change your heart at a kitchen table when you're talking to somebody. Watch God change your family as you talk about Jesus and you make it a point to give him the first place in your life, at your house, when you're eating your food. Watch God change who you are as you get up in the morning and say, I don't know if I can handle it, but I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to spend 30 minutes in the word and in prayer. Watch what happens if the altar at church is so much better because you've been going altar to altar. In fact, you just carry it around with you because Jesus is with you every moment. And when you get to come and you get to be at an altar where there's all the environment and the, the worship and the leaders and all the people that bless and pour into us and someone is preaching or teaching the word and someone's encouraging on missions and someone's talking about their testimony of where they were but not where they are. It is so much better because Lord, all week long you've been talking and you just confirmed in my heart what you've been speaking through your word. You confirmed in my heart where you've been talking to me and laying on my heart. You've done it. Lord, because you are good, and it's not a church thing, but it's a home thing. And if we don't want to be like the children of Israel and have our kids, or maybe their kids' kids, maybe we make it that far, that be the end of the line, then your home simply has to be an altar. Bring revival home. We believe he's going to do a mighty work here, but only because I believe he's going to do a work in every one of your houses. And we're going to see the power of God and we're going to see every, every single seat in this place filled where we have, don't know what to do. Why? Not because of a great special event, although we'll have them, but because you are sharing Jesus and you bring people along. You bring people along. You keep inviting. You keep sharing. You keep talking. And they say, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I want whatever it is because you're different. Your life is different. And I want us to close this morning and we're going to sing the song that we sang last, Holy Forever. There's something about that coming in. Pastor Ethan, what you said and sing it like for the first time. You're coming before his throne. You're going to say, holy are you God. Holy are you God. And every morning when Pastor Rachel and I, when we wake up and we read the word and we turn on right now, there's like seven or eight songs that we would like to do at Radiant Life. This was one of them. It's not potential anymore. We're doing it. But we worship. And I pray and I walk. So I normally walk around my kitchen into the other room, into my bedroom back. And we have it all set up. I love it. It is a place where God can move. We have our chairs we sit in to read his word. We have the place where we get. I want my house to be that sort of place that when I come to church, it's just extra. And someday when we get to heaven before the throne, it's going to be like, Lord, I did the best I could. But I can't, couldn't even get close to what heaven is but I'm gonna get as close as I possibly can. And the more Jesus will reveal in my life and in our church when we're here, but when I'm at my home and my prayer closet, when my kids wake up and we're worshiping Jesus and we're reading the word and it's a normal pattern of our life and they're talking about what they're learning and what they're growing, there's nothing like it. Could we stand all over this room? Just make your heart an altar. The altars are open all the time. If you want to come, you're, please, you can join us at the front. But if you've never given your life to Jesus, and you'd say, I want this one, the one who I can choose, choose this day who you will serve. If that's you today, I want to ask you, all you have to do is just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I repent of the past. You are everything. In your words. If you can't remember that, just say, Jesus, forgive me. I want to be yours. And today, offer God your heart and he welcomes you in. And then you can say, Lord, you are holy. 
Lord, I want my house to be a place of peace and of rest. I want my house to be a place of your spirit. And Lord, when we come for church, it's gonna be so good because I've been having church all week long and I get to do it with my friends and my family. I get to do it with the people that I love the most in life and we get to then go reach our world together. That's what the church is. Let's pursue the Lord. Would you ask ask Holy Spirit to give you a vision of what your home could be like? And that's where we're gonna close this time. We're gonna sing a song, but more, what would the Lord give you a vision of your house being like? And if right now it's not rest, it's not peace, if right now it's too loud and too crazy and too wild, or maybe you are the problem. Oftentimes I find that's the case. Wherever I go, there's problems, it might be me. Could you ask the Lord to give you a vision of what your house could be like? That this week it's gonna look a little different and next week and next month where you get to a place where you're like, this is the most peaceful place I go is my house. So Lord, right now, I'm thankful for those who this morning say, I want Jesus. I want to choose Jesus today. Lord, I'm thankful for those this morning that would say, we want our houses to be places of altar. We want revival in our homes, Lord, so we can have revival in our church. Lord, in our hearts, would you do it? Would you start in us? Would you let us be those that train up our kids in the ways that they should go? Would you let us be people that not like this story of Joshua, Lord, and beyond, Lord, that they fall, fell away from you, but Lord, that we would go after you harder and harder and harder, God, because you are everything in our life. Lord, we need you. Lord, we pray like Haley, Lord Jesus, that you would give dreams and visions to our kids, that they would see heaven when they sleep, God. And Lord, where there's anything else, Lord, where there's terrors or, or worry or anxiety, it cannot thrive, Lord, in the kingdom of God. It cannot thrive at the altar. It cannot thrive, Lord Jesus, in our homes because it's an altar to you and it's your home. So Lord, we ask you to bring freedom, bring wholeness. And even as we sing holy to forever, holy is your name. Holy are you, God, when you bring liberation and freedom and let us see a vision of what our homes could be like as we give them to you fully, God.
for your truth. We're thankful for you speaking today, God. Lord, we continue to ask you to just let your goodness be poured out upon your church. Lord, move in our homes and our families. Lord, that we would make everywhere we go, Lord, an altar to you, a posture to you, an opening to you. Lord, we're just thankful for it. Church, before we leave this morning, morning. Uh, Jeff just has a word or a, a something that God has given him that I think is perfect to close this time out today. And so I'd love to hear what the Lord has given you. I was writing this out during the, the, the message and I titled it Home at the Altar. I kneel at the altar and bow with a lowly heart. I lay my hands on the altar, palms up and open to release what I hold and to receive what you have to give. I close my eyes at the altar to see you high and lifted up and exalted above all else, above all others. I open my ears to the whisper of your breath and your voice as you speak to my heart. I rest in your grace and wait for your st strength and when it is time to go, 
I rise from the altar and stand in your presence, your power, your life, and go forth with you inside to lead and to guide, renewed and alive. Amen. Thank you for sharing that this morning. That's what the altar is all about. That's what it's all about. And I want to encourage Radiant Life Church this week. We're not trying to get God to do what we want God to do. We're open to him. And would you be sure that you find an altar, you find a place at your house, you find a chair, you find wherever it is to spend time with him. And then don't leave him there, but take him with you everywhere you go. Let God lead and guide and let your house be the best place there is to be. Let your house be where people want to come. And if you've not invited somebody over to your house in a long time, could I encourage you? Get it cleaned up. Get it ready. It doesn't need to be perfect. Just get it, get it okay. And get somebody in your house. Invite somebody. Make somebody some food. Welcome somebody into your home to the place where God meets with you every day. And then we get to come together and celebrate Jesus on Sundays and Wednesdays and Tuesday mornings for prayer and Saturday morning this week at 9 o'clock. We get to do these things, but it's just an overflow of what is the normal part of our life. So this week, let's go as the hands and feet of Jesus. God loves you. You need to hear that. If you're just feeling out, God loves you. He's got you. He has the best for you. And keep going. Keep walking in him. Keep letting him speak to your heart. He is good this morning. He's good this morning. So let's take Jesus with us. Thank you all for being a part of the Rad Fam. If you need help with any of that church center stuff, you don't have that app on your phone, find one of us, find me. We would love to help you. We wanna be sure we can be as connected, united together as possible. We love you all. Church, have an amazing, amazing week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. See you next week.